0: Hey, everybody. Before we kick off this episode of the podcast, I just wanted to make a quick little announcement here. During the first episode, we said that we were going to try to make this a weekly podcast. However, we have changed our minds on that one. We've decided that instead of putting out a weekly podcast that comes out on a set day of the week, like you see with lots of other podcasts, we are comfortable putting out more content on a more consistent basis and will instead try to record an episode after every series that the avalanche play this year and then hopefully put it out within a day or two of us being done with the recording this means that the release schedule will be a little wonky compared to other podcasts that you might see but it also means that the content within it will be more timely and useful for people coming in we're sorry that these last two episodes came out a little bit later than we wanted to and that some of the information in them might not be as relevant to you as it would have been if we had put them out sooner but there were some behind the scenes stuff that we had to take care of in order to get this podcast up and running and now that we have done that we're confident in our ability to put out more content more consistently thanks for hanging out with us and enjoy the show Once again, to our hockey podcast, this time around, we have a name. We're going forward, and we're calling this thing Grit a Hockey Podcast. Gritcast for short. Exciting times. Not just for the podcast, but the Avalanche. Doing good. I'm Dakota. I'm here with three dudes. One of those dudes is Jake. Jake.
1: Hello, I'm coming at you from the land of beer and tea.
0: Exciting. <laughs> 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 I'm also here with Dylan. Hello. And finally, we have Devin. Hey. So, we're excited. We've got some branding. We were surprised to see that Grit wasn't taken. It seems like a pretty uh, pretty hockey-centric thing. But that's us now.
1: Grit, a hockey podcast. The Gritcast. It kind of um, floats. We're paying homage to our favorite coach, Mike Babcock.
0: Yes, our favorite coach. Smile. We love that guy, and he hasn't done anything bad to anyone ever.
1: Gotta get that uh grit.
0: <laughs> Listen, it could be worse. It could be uh the Flames coach. <laughs> That's over in Russia now. Oh Bill God. Peters is my homie. Bill Peters. Fuck Bill Peters. Um, Fuck Bill Peters. <laughs> so, I figured that we should start this off with a little bit of housekeeping. I've listened back to our last episode quite a few times, and it uh, turns out that when you make predictions, and you say stuff that you're not 100% certain of, uh, you can be wrong.
1: No. That's it's impossible.
0: <laughs> I haven't been wrong once. Uh, except I was wrong twice frown so
1: i was gonna say i'm never wrong so if we're pointing out things that you said i can get on board with that
0: uh well one of the things i guess would be that uh you predicted that drew (laughs) dowdy might step it up this year and so far that isn't looking like that's the case at all
1: you make a good point i was incorrect about this
0: uh poor kings uh i watched those two games with my uh with my girlfriend and uh, suffice to say that we were not happy with the way that they were looking. Although it was funny in that uh, first game, the overtime. <laughs> Drop past to Drew Doughty. Drew Doughty just falls over for no reason. And of course, that uh, Minnesota Wild uh, Kaprizov kid comes in and just gets one of the flukiest goals I've ever seen in my life. Yeah,
1: he just decided to, you know, kick it in and they allowed it.
0: <laughs> They allowed it. they didn't review it so
1: it was a cool it was a cool little move at first, you know he did a little bit of like a pullback and you know a little toey trying to get that get that uh that dangle going and just you know hits at his foot, goes through the goalie's legs very uh very good goal absolutely not illegal at all
0: <laughs> yeah uh you'll find a uh a picture of that exact goal in the Roebuck next to legal goals. The Kings are trash. Sorry, the (laughs) Kings are trash.
1: Uh, The Kings fucking suck. And the Coyotes suck. And Anaheim sucks. And the Avs better, like, shred the entirety of this division because holy fuck, dude.
0: It's been really weird watching divisional hockey knowing that these are the teams that we're going to have to play a bunch and thinking man, like, we're gonna lose to some of these teams, right? Because that's just the way that hockey goes. Turns out that, as you said in last episode, the NHL is a league of the best players in the world. So sometimes you just lose games to teams that are worse than you. And I'm not looking forward to those. But man, I have to think that we probably win at least 30 to 40 games this season, right? out of the 56. Yeah, but more
1: importantly, we need to get to what you got wrong because we're covering what I got wrong right now and that makes me uncomfortable. So.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> uh so this one is a little bit of a collective one. We touched on uh the sharks being bad. And one of the reasons we listed was because they lost Evander Kane to bankruptcy. Turns out they did not. That was merely something that he had considered due to his financial situation. But Evander Kane is playing with the sharks. He's not playing particularly good, I would say. He's just making some really <laughs> stupid mistakes, taking stupid penalties, uh, He's being a pest. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess we technically got that wrong. And uh, this last one that I wanted to get to was, wasn't was one that we got wrong, it was one that we didn't really know about and kind of talked out of our asses. They did tell us what the playoff format was, but uh, neither of us read it. Uh, so I decided to do that. <laughs> Uh, So the playoff format this year, there are no wild cards. The top four teams in each division will move on to a playoff round. The teams will play within their divisions based on seed. So if the Avalanche are the first seed, they will play the fourth seed, which is kind of where we want to be. Because we are convinced that 1-2-3 is going to be some order of Colorado, Vegas, and the Blues. And we're convinced that that fourth seed is going to be a team that probably doesn't deserve to be there, right? So if we can get number one, that first round of the playoffs should be good for us.
1: And then we we'll get knocked out of the playoffs because we underestimated them, like we did Dallas. Smile.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, did we underestimate Dallas, or did uh, we lose half our team? I can't remember.
1: <laughs> we lost half our team and they played well, but you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Imagine, Dallas I mean, was we lost.
1: We lost like seven players and then it came down to a game seven goal and we had Michael Hutchinson in net. so like yeah I mean uh
0: yeah I (laughs) I mean kudos to Dallas you show up and you compete against the team you're on the ice against and they performed well uh made us look flat out stupid at times so congrats on making it to the cup final it's been a while but yeah uh So once they're done playing in division, that'll mean that each division has one team that is moving forward to the semifinals. They will reseed based on regular season standings at that point. So the team with the best record will play against the team with the worst record that is still alive at that point between the four that are that are left. Uh, and then the whoever wins between those two matchups end up being in the Stanley Cup. So this is a situation where we could end up seeing teams that are traditionally in the East or traditionally in the West go against each other in a Stanley Cup matchup that you would never be able to get otherwise. So this is a weird year, for sure. We already knew that coming in. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: Something else that's interesting is um, this is the first time since, like, I think it's the 70s, I could be talking out of my ass again, Um, where the two people who faced off against each other in the cup final are in the same division the year after.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I see.
1: So so those Tampa-Dallas games should be some solid watches. Uh, (laughs) I think think that's going to be a good time.
0: When Dallas uh, is finally healthy enough to play, I'm sure that those will be some pretty entertaining games for sure. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah well uh, you
0: know that's that's rough dude i mean we already touched on how covid is messed up and bad i'm COVID sure none as of turns us turns not tight <laughs> turns out i don't take, think but, any of us hmm. will disagree here uh and there are 20 players on your main roster between all your forwards defensemen starting goalie backup goalie and Dallas has 17 confirmed COVID cases.
1: What the fuck? Yes. <laughs> Devin, thoughts on COVID?
3: It's bad.
0: <laughs> and I know it's a surprise. Drones. And obviously they're not going to go around and tell us who it is, so like those 17 players aren't necessarily roster players. But man, that is a large percentage of the team to be out. They ended up canceling some of their games, rescheduling them for later in the season. And, uh, I mean, if you're a Dallas fan, uh, I'm sorry the season started late for you, especially after having to deal with losing in a Stanley Cup final. That was probably already pretty emotional. And then just having it start off like this.
1: You can just say, if you're a Dallas fan, sorry, and cut it off there. Because, you know, <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. <laughs>
0: So, let's talk about the start of the season for the Colorado Avalanche. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Colorado Avalanche season did not start off good. At all.
3: What a great first game for me to be watching, (laughs) right guys? Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
4: (laughs)
1: And I was, like, watching that shit, and I was like, oh, you guys are getting introduced to, to hockey with this one. Very cool. Very fun. This is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you can you can go and do it, but that game sucked. Yeah. I, uh,
0: I mean, I still had a good time watching it. As I mentioned previously, it's kind of a family affair for us. And I was able to watch it with my parents. It was not around for you watching it with our buddies, Dylan and Devin.
1: Or his less important family. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Feels bad, man. I can't give Frowned. you
0: a I can't give you a hug in real life, so I will s- settle by flipping you the bird from a far away. I guess.
1: Smooch me on the podcast. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about how well we have. We were having a good time as well. Um. It was fun to watch. It was fun to have hockey back after so long, but also. Huh. Fuck, dude.
0: Yeah. Uh. So. Game one started badly. Uh, well, actually, it started off on a good note. Avalanche got a power play. Andre Burakovsky did what he does. And that is choose a corner and put the puck in that corner where the goalie can't get it. And that that's exciting. Uh, we mentioned that Burakovsky is somebody who has to prove himself going forward. So far, I've been happy with him. Uh, they've done some weird things with the lines over these two games where they're moving people around and Burakovsky is no longer on that top line. But I think he's still contributing and doing really good.
1: Yeah, he's killing it. He's been one of our best players since the season started, um, which what a weird thing to say.
0: I uh, This is going to go down, as with a lot of the stats we're going to mention today. But uh, he's shooting at 66% right now.
2: I saw that. <laughs> 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 that's
0: unreal. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar, usually your shooting percentage is somewhere below ten, depending on like what? how good a I see how good a goal scorer you are. Uh, Sixty six is unreal.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, two goals on three
4: shots. it's not clear to me.
0: Yeah, uh, and. Here's another one. Devon Taves shooting at 100 percent right now.
1: <laughs> <Damn> <laughs> one Jesus shot he's taken. I told you he was going to be a killer. Get that's. There's it no is. way that goes down. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say
4: it has. There's no way that it's going to go down over the course of a season. Well, I mean, if it he doesn't take another shot on goal, he'll he'll stay there. But <laughs> mm. the rest of no, no, he'll take more so shots happy. on goal
1: and he'll score.
0: <laughs> yeah, smile uh unfortunately for us game 1 that's where the uh the ups end as it was the... 5
1: minutes of good play and then the rest of it was trash
0: yeah so the avalanche were not playing very well that game lots of lazy rusty passes lots of really bad decision making in their defensive zone where they would try to pass it to somebody and then whoops the opponent has it, and he's in close on the goalie, which is not yeah. where you want them to be. B- the Blues, for their part, they did what they had to do in that game. They punished mistakes. They were also coming in rusty, so like it's not, a, it's not an excuse that this was the first game of the season and the Avalanche hadn't really played much because the Blues are coming in on a very similar situation. Uh, yeah,
1: everyone has the same excuse. The Avs just looked like... I, f- I wouldn't be surprised if that was the worst game of the season. That was uh, maybe one of the worst games I've seen this like core play in yeah. a long time.
0: Yeah, it's, uh wasn't very pretty. Yeah, I mean, I guess if there were any positives to take away from that game, Burakovsky gets the goal, kind of proves that he's doing good. Another. She also had some
1: killer zone entries right after that. Oh
0: yeah, where he was just—he was holding on to the puck and like fighting off two or three people at a time to keep possession.
1: Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I've ever seen him do that before. No, not. And Burrow. if that's part of—if that's part of his skill set now, um, look out. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: that's actually game changing if he can do that on a consistent basis. Not only put the puck in weird spots to catch the goalie off guard but also just to keep possession like that. Like, that's a huge part of the Avalanche game. And if he can stay that good, I mean, he's going to be an unreal player for us.
1: I will say after that first game, I mean, after that first goal and those couple of zone entries, he didn't look great. He was fine. I'd say he was quiet more than anything, but, you know, he kind of fell in line with the rest of the team. I think the only player that actually stood out to me consistently as being really good all night was Taves. And that's even with him losing 10 minutes of the game to a gutless hit.
0: Yeah, that was nasty. And uh yeah, I mean it happened really quick. It was like here's your introduction to Devon Taves and malicious headshot.
1: Yeah. You'll find blues fans defending that hit. Um, they're wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's unacceptable no matter who you are. You could be Nathan McKinnon or Sidney Crosby or or somebody of that caliber and you, you make that hit, you're gonna you're gonna lose game time. You're going to get
1: yeah, suspended. I, I, my notes here say, um what a bullshit hit. Sammy Blaze should be suspended, as it turns out. He is. He was. Two oh,
0: yeah. Um, uh, I
1: have a good eye for the Department of Player Safety, apparently. Apparently. George Peros, you want to hit me up, bro? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, his shoulder made contact to the head.
1: Not good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, more positives that I took away from that first game was that fourth line. They it. were battling. They were Not playing hard. did of them were. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, they were battling hard. They were putting in the work. They didn't get much offensive pressure, but then again, nobody on the team did. So I don't know how much I can hold that against them. We mentioned Tyson Jost needed to prove himself, and he stood out to me that game a lot. Alongside, yeah,
1: Bednar uh, mentioned him too,
0: alongside Calvert, my boy Calvert, sporting that pink visor, which is a little uh spooky,
1: Calvert spent too much time on the golf course this summer, though, he <laughs> <chatted> four and <laughs> that one he shouted four and sent the puck like six feet over the net on an open shot, just like yeah, uh. Uh, I think that would have changed the game makeup. I thought we might have been in it and winning if that went in, but yeah, yeah. he decided to just absolutely yeet it over the top, shoot for the sky. Yeah.
0: Um, I kind of want to touch on it, though, uh, the Matt Calvert situation, because we expressed a lot of enthusiasm for him during the last episode. Rightly so, I would say. But he is wearing that pink visor. Uh, It's not a style thing. Uh, That's a medical thing. Apparently, his concussion symptoms are so bad that the lights in the building, like, give him migraines. So, the pink visor is meant to lessen the impact of the lights so that he doesn't get those migraines. And as much as I love Matt Calvert, you know I do. I know you do. I know these two do. They've seen him for, like, probably accumulated, like, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that. Hell yeah. We all love this guy. That's all it takes. And... My man, take care of yourself, dude. I think that if he feels like it's too much for him, he should opt towards being safe rather than being a hockey player. Because I mean, yeah, I'm not going to sit
1: here, I'm not going to sit here and preach to anybody. But my dude has a family, and you know, yeah. he's not that old. He's got a, some time ahead of him. If he's already at the point where light is light sensitivity is an everyday occurrence, then yeah. Well, and it sucks, right? Because he's looking killer. I yeah. like the pink Pfizer, and he's got some flow going on. That chiseled jaw, not to mention. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I love him. He's awesome. He's one of my favorite players just because of the sheer amount of effort he puts in. But yeah, he never gives up. Fuck, man. Um, yeah, yeah I just, I like the stuff I've seen him deal with over the years and play through and like do to himself for the sake of like winning is admirable, but like it comes in at a cost and I think maybe that it's time now to you know, be safe. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. My man can do what he needs to do. I will cheer him on, but it feels a little weird.
0: It remains to be seen. Obviously only he knows what his limits are. Devin, you were about to chime in there.
3: Uh yeah, I was just uh I was just gonna say, you know, despite what he ends up doing uh you know he's got himself some sick gunners
1: (laughs) (laughs) gamer glasses Uh, yeah and he's got a couple cool millions so like you know
0: yeah hopefully if he's been investing right
1: calvert strikes me as the kind of guy who knows what he's doing i don't think there's much of andrew kane in him (laughs) Oh.
0: Uh, oh yikes (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, so that fourth line was battling, they were looking good with the exception of uh Pierre Edward Belmare. Uh yeah, I mean I guess this is something that goes in the column of shit I was wrong about. Uh I defended Pebbles in our kind of preview show and uh he he really looked like the wink link the weak link to me. Uh he the weak
1: picked- link on a team of weak links, like it was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean bad i wouldn't even say that that fourth line looks like weak links but i mean belmar certainly stood out to me and not in a good way for this first if jost
1: is your if jost is your best forward your whole team has a problem
0: yeah yeah that that's the thing right is that if this fourth line can keep it up and continue to look good that bodes really well for us but when they are the only line looking that good that does not bode well for us
1: yeah pebbles just doesn't look like an nhl player anymore we have guys coming up that are hungry that can fill his position. I'd expect to see him done sooner rather than later.
0: I will say that he did look a lot better that second game, but then again, the whole team did it is what it is
1: yeah i uh I mean, I watched the like avalanche put out like avalanche three sixty video and he uh is so funny and charismatic and he's a homie. he loves his team. They all love him, but I mean, at some point you're trying to win, right? so
0: yeah, this is the window you have to do what is best for your team.
1: I don't know if I have anything else on that first game. I don't uh, where I got to be. Nuke had seven minutes of playtime. <laughs> he was also not good.
0: Yeah, Nuke did not Sod was good. bad.
1: Kadri was terrible.
0: Yeah, they um, that line did yeah. not look like they were clicking at all, and that was a little yeah. worrisome. Obviously, it's one game. It's not a large enough sample size to jump to conclusions. Denver sports fans, I'm looking at you.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it is not a good sign. <laughs> Yeah, I like that the Avs are good, but you're getting some of the more casual fans, and they're definitely like, the sky is falling when something happens.
0: Yeah, I have a talk about Denver sports fans I want to go into a little bit at the end of this game, once we're done recapping it. Uh, Not that there is much more. He
1: looked better the second game. Uh, Cole was awful. Graves was not good. Um people were shitting on Groovy, but Groovy was good. Groovy I mean, was good. Except but... for that, what was it? Fourth goal, 34th goal. Yeah, where that, he that fourth goal. Mishandled. Yeah. Um, That was rough, but like, it also happens. Yeah. The puck, like he got a little bit on it, but not enough. So it kind of just like, bounced weird. Yeah. And... yeah. Man, that game Gave up sucked. Um, open net. Yeah. They
3: overcompensated next game though. I have, uh, something to mention about that game. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I learned what Dump and Chase means. Oh. Because yeah. um, it seemed like they sure did a lot of that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we were like, oh, more Dump and Chase, huh? That's the sign of a team that's, uh, doing, that's good. doing good. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, what does that mean? And we were like, they basically hail Marriott into the zone and try to get it. And it, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, how did you guys feel after that game, the the two rookies, per se? Um.
3: Well... It was very interesting for me after the game, personally, because uh, yeah. because we had decided to look at another game that was playing that same night, and I was like, "Wow, that last game was moving a lot faster." Um,
1: so that was the King's but- Wild one, right? Yeah. yeah. With the with the drop pass, okay. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Hey. And I was like, yeah, that uh, the Avs game was a whole lot faster. Very interesting on how how different it was. Um, just peeking into that next game. Um, yeah,
1: um, those two teams are not good, and they also like a slower game. So, yeah, watching it, it can be a slog. The Avs like to be fast. The Blues like to play more like what that team was. Those teams were doing. Yeah, um,
0: they have to match us rather than play their style, though, and that's one of the things that the Avalanche have going for them.
1: Yeah, well, it depends, right? Because it's kind of a tug of war each night. Mm-hmm. Teams that play like that are trying to bring the abs down. The abs are trying to just outspeed them. So it really depends on the performance at any given night. It can be a, it can be an inconsistent style of hockey, but the abs are very fun to watch because of it.
0: Dylan, what were I'm, your thoughts? Oh, you got yeah.
4: it. <laughs> I'm going to say with a little bit of like future vision, knowing what I know from game two and game one, I think it was interesting to come into. And have my first game be less than good, it just because now yeah yeah just because now I know what bad looks like to see how fucking great they were in the second game and how much the zoom was because it feels like <laughs> night and day going from they one do to the be other
1: in that second game
4: oh yeah and I feel like if I were to have seen them kill it in the first game which you know is obviously you'd want that. It it gives me kind of perspective on oh this is where they could be and this is where they are. It's 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 a cool perspective to have, I think.
1: Yeah, you saw you saw the full spectrum in those two games. Yeah. Um you know, usually you don't get a microcosm of a team's ability, but oh yeah. boy.
0: I mean those were two perfect examples. This is what the team looks like when everything is going I mean, bad. This is what it looks like when they're rolling on all cylinders.
4: I think that's not a bad thing to have as someone who's trying to get into hockey and understand the teams and things, to have that microcosm. You couldn't have asked for a better
1: baseline. It was very, very good.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, You saw the pain. You saw the the opposite. I don't know where it's hockey good. Yeah. As it turns out. (laughs)
0: Uh, My only notes remaining, Oscar Sundquist uh, absolutely dominated us that game. He is a person I noticed a lot, and he's a person I noticed that they shut down in Game 2. So I think going yeah. forward, Oscar Sundquist is a person I will be looking out for.
1: Where is he on their lineup? I didn't even... Uh, I was planning on going their through depth. the lineup and seeing where things are. He's just a death player? Okay. Oh, uh,
0: hold on. Sorry. Uh, I think he's either second or third line. Let me look that up. Uh, awesome podcast preparation on my Yeah, party. very
1: well put together. Very Listen, well put it's together. Very a... professional. As it turns out, starting a podcast is some work. Um, and I plan on being better prepared in the future, but fuck, oh, man.
0: Uh, he is fourth line.
1: Fourth line, <laughs> and okay. And he is
0: absolutely decimating us, so... Just
1: the kiddie of that game, just random, uh, random asshole yeah, comes in. Yeah, I well, I mean, I the, I mean so the
0: fourth
4: liners, question mark?
0: Yeah, I, well, I mean, off two goals came from Sunquist and one came from Clifford. That's their fourth line. Yeah. So... I mean, they, they really they really beat us with those particular players. I wouldn't say they beat us because they are deeper than us, but those people kind of came to play when the entirety of the Avalanche did not.
1: A wise man once said, it's fucking embarrassing. Yeah. Um. Uh,
0: another favorite thing of mine from that game, scramble in front of the net, blues player uh, hand passes to try to get another player <laughs> open, closes his hand around the puck, that's a penalty. Uh, and then he goes up to the ref after getting the penalty called at him, and he says, "That was my fucking elbow." It was
1: my fucking elbow. And then it shows. Oh, well, so that. we didn't see the replay of that. And then he said, "It's my fucking elbow," and it showed the replay, and it's his hand closing around the fucking, tossing it, and it's like, huh.
4: "Sure was your elbow, wasn't it?" But uh,
0: so my Quite man the elbow you have there. My man needs an anatomy class. That, that was, was Bertuzzo.
4: That was that was that Bertuzzo. Yeah. Uh, and then you showed us a video of why bertuzo
1: bad yeah yeah bad and he got injured the next game so on a totally innocuous non-problematic hit and i'm not saying that sarcastically um we can talk about that when we get there but yeah Yeah. bertuzo a real hero
0: so this game caused it was a 4-1 loss we looked bad the entire time this caused uh denver sports fans trademark to revolt and look for every reason imaginable that we need to blow the whole thing up. Uh, <laughs> yep. Goaltending is awful, and Grubauer is going to be a, a really bad problem for us going forward. Uh, Graves and Cole can never play on the same pairing again. They should blow up the second line because it's awful. Chill out, dude. Like I said, it's one game. It's not enough of a sample size First
1: game of the season after COVID, six months off. Like, fuck, bro.
0: And and that's the way that I I notice a lot of casual Denver fans are. Not that I'm trying to like judge them for being casual, but I notice that a lot of Denver sports fans here whose ties to the team mostly stem from being Colorado based, they have that weird lack of loyalty uh to their teams, and they are very reactive to even some Ah. of the simplest stuff.
1: It is my understanding uh, from interacting with many people around the country through like Twitch and stuff um, that Broncos fans are the worst in the NFL, according to a lot of people. So maybe I see some of that now that the Broncos are bad and the Avs are good, and maybe they've migrated.
0: But yeah, my experience with Broncos fans, because I was never really a Broncos fan growing up, is that kind of reactivity to everything going wrong. Lots of overreaction to things going right, and lots of overreaction to things going wrong. Tim Tebow comes to mind. At one point, they had shirts about this uh, middling to mediocre quarterback, calling him the Mile High Saint. And then uh, Tim Tebow has the power of God on his side. Yeah, he loves Jesus, and therefore he was sent to us by God to be our patron deity to win the Super Bowl was the the vibe I was getting. And then the moment they uh, got Peyton Manning in free agency, people were like, who's who's Tebow again? See that baseball player? Smile. Ugh. So yeah, I'm not trying to talk, talk a bunch of smack about a bunch of people. Y'all are my neighbors and relatives and family and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, if you're one of those people that was worried and uh going nuclear nuclear i was about to say nuclear uh wait nuclear that is, is the, right the correct that's right okay sorry george bush has me all fucked up uh if you were <laughs> as he does all one, of us <laughs> if you were uh one of those people going nuclear about that first game uh chill out look at that second game instead smile
1: yeah i don't want to get too preachy about it but it's fucking annoying yeah. it's fucking embarrassing you might say.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so game two happened uh, two days later. And uh, I mean, Blues fans were excited because the game before they had exposed the avalanche as the frauds that they were. And uh, <laughs> that held up real nicely. I would say.
1: I had, uh, I had some pregame modes for this game. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing I have written is Mad Max, but like M-A-C-K-S. So yeah. McKinnon was going to be mad. Guaranteed. Mad yep. Max came out there, uh let me tell you true yeah uh the back, th- the big three were back together, Landis Rantanen, and McKinnon were all mm. on the same line again um it was uh it was an interesting setup. I thought maybe breaking up that second line after one game wasn't the move, but that's why why I'm not an n h l coach apparently
0: yeah, I mean, you take a look at this game and uh maybe they just do exactly what they did before, we'll have to see, so period one started. There wasn't a whole lot of events as far as, like, the score sheet or anything like that. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, each team got one or two power plays. The penalties we took, I wasn't very happy with.
1: There were some matching minors there. I don't remember who it was on, but it uh, was a it was tiny G- cross-check. and a.
0: Yeah, it was Gerard and someone else.
1: Yeah, like, Gerard had, like, a baby cross-check, and the guy baby slashed him in the ankle, and the refs were like, matching minors, get yeah. out of here, thugs. And yeah.
0: They were better in their own zone. They weren't making those stupid passes they were the night before. I wasn't super happy with them moving it through the neutral zone, trying to kind of break into the offensive zone, but I mean, that's neither here nor there, I guess. Uh, I didn't like the way they looked on two-on-ones. They looked very uh, shaky the game before, and I was worried at the beginning of this game that we might be looking at more of the same, uh, though Obviously, the Blues were shut out, so they didn't score on any of those opportunities. So, I mean, you just kind of take what you get.
1: I didn't, I didn't get the same feeling. I was tipping my like edge of my seat. I felt it felt different. Yeah, I it, to me it felt like it was gonna. It felt like it was a dam that was ready to unload. Like I think we were at the end of the first period, thirteen versus seven shots wise, mm-hmm. scoreless. Um, and I was like, this has to just like pay off, right? It did. Yeah, but. Uh, you initially had let, like snooze fest in the yeah, donuts.
0: and I think I I think I told you that I feel like I maybe used the wrong term for that. I didn't think it was yeah. boring hockey to watch. I just meant that in a way that uh, I mean nobody Nothing scored. Happened. No high danger chances were really really scary on either end. I think
1: Bertuzzo got injured in the first minute. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I mean yeah, I. I definitely liked that first period more than I liked any other period except for maybe like the first 5 minutes of the first period.
1: Can uh We talk about that hit?
0: Yeah, let's talk about that hit.
1: I didn't realize it happened so early cuz it was such an innocuous hit that innocuous, tam, innocuous. Um yeah. hit that I just kind of didn't think anything about it. Yeah. Uh it was it was the most normal like finish your check into the boards on a guy like
0: I wouldn't even say that I've he really seen. checked him. It looked like he was kind of coming in for the board pin to me.
1: Well, I mean, Bortuzzo tried to stop up and avoid whatever Nuke was doing. And since they're both like nine feet tall, um, the way Bortuzzo stopped, Nuke hit him in the shoulder and rode up into his head. And his head didn't really even make contact with the shoulder. His head just kind of got smashed into the glass. So Yeah, just kind of I ricocheted
0: mean, into the glass, yeah.
1: I've seen people say that's the most predatory hit they've ever seen in their life. And I think, you know, since Blues fans have only been watching hockey for a season and some change since the Blues won the Stanley Cup, that makes some sense. But holy fuck, dude.
0: Brutal. Uh, (laughs) Might I refer you to the Sammy Blaze hit?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you want to see a dirtier hit, just rewind. When they were all like, Taves put himself in a vulnerable position, he put his head down, and it's like, nah, dude. Yeah. Is he still out, or is he back playing with them?
0: Tonight? Uh, This might come as a surprise to you, but I'm not really uh up-to-date on to the Blue's injuries. Uh, uh,
4: looks like he's out Bert-
1: still. Bertuzzo's the dirtiest player in the game right now, so, I mean, whatever. Uh, in that
4: video you showed me, it was definitely enough to make me go, hmm.
1: Of him xylophoning that guy's spine after cross-checking him yeah, first oh, in the net. Yeah. Oh,
4: that is yeah. uh, not cool. Seems like a very predatory guy.
0: Yeah. yeah. are not good.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think the stuff he does is worse than the stuff Kadri does in a lot of instances, but hey, that's just me.
0: Yeah, might have some bias there, but yeah, I mean, I've seen some really gross stuff coming out of uh, both those dudes, it turns out.
1: And the difference is Kadri hasn't done it on the Ams at all, but...
0: Yeah, yeah, he's got a... He was somebody who was meant to be gritty and dirty more on the Leafs than he is here. He's kind of in a top-scoring position now, so... While he will fight people when they uh, check Don, Donskoy in the head, he's kept the dirty stuff down by quite a bit.
1: Did you see, what's that guy's name, Lindgren? Yeah. He got suspended the first fucking game of the season for another headshot, and it's like, yeah, huh.
0: Yeah, same guy that Nazem Kadri beat the suspension out of gets another suspension, or sorry, gets a first suspension, I guess, for hitting a guy He in the did head. get suspended
1: for one game after Kadri hit him.
0: Oh my god.
1: So he got suspended on the last uh, day of the last season and the first day of the season. Jesus. I think maybe that guy has a problem, but hey, what do I know?
0: So (laughs) after that first period in game two, that's when stuff started to come alive. Leading into the game, you said Mad Max. Yep. And uh, boy, McKinnon was mad.
1: Oh, he was pissed. It was so great to watch.
0: That's one thing I really appreciate about this team, is that they will come off a game like game one, and they will say, we are better than this, and we're going to go out of our way to prove it this next game. And it doesn't always go their way as far as the score sheet is, but they always come out and they try. In this game, uh, it was just an explosion. Absolute dominance by the Avalanche.
1: There was not a single moment where I felt like the Blues were ever having it together. No. After the first period.
0: No, some would call it a good old-fashioned shit-kicking that the Blues experienced that night.
1: Yeah, they looked like the 16-17 was the rest of the entire game. It was so bad. So
0: it started off with Nathan McKinnon driving a play into the zone. Uh, I'll break down this a little bit better because I think that Nathan McKinnon really drove a lot of the offense this game. But weird. He's a yeah, weird. Best player in the league scoring. What? Uh so he's able to drive the, the puck into the zone really deep. Hits a wide open land it's good. could not possibly be any more open. He just, you know, puts the puck where the goalie isn't. And yeah, he undressed is,
1: McKinnon undressed Krug and then Landy was just in front of the net. It was like, well Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. That first goal, abs go up 1-0, and the floodgates open. I noted during the last episode that we did of this that hockey is a game of mentality and momentum. And if you needed any proof, this is the game. Because that first period was better and a lot more competitive, right? But the moment that this goal goes in, it's all avalanche. The Blues did not have a chance. They didn't look like they were going to get back in this one at all
1: yeah um i mean Saad he was bad last game he had a dirty fucking dangle this game in second period um mac was tossing out reverse hits people couldn't take him down kale was insane like i don't feel like there was any player except for cole that was like objectively bad it was so good to watch
0: i mean even belmar looked a lot better this game than he did the first game I wouldn't say that he looked so good that he is irreplaceable in the lineup from a younger guy, or even like a Logan O'Connor type. Even though I think O'Connor is a wing.
1: Yeah, I mean it. It would be like Timmons that would be there. Yeah. Uh, trying to replace him when EJ gets back. Yeah. Um, which after that first game oh, I was maybe not into. That no, second no. game he really looked good though.
0: Sorry, I was talking Belmar not Cole.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. I just brain fart. No, you're um, all good. I don't even know if we need to go through all these goals, though. I mean, there's just, no, 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 just no. an avalanche of goals. Like
0: uh, Smile. Avalanche. Uh, trademark.
1: <laughs> Four on Bennington. Uh, people last game were talking about Bennington's back, baby. Uh, maybe you were a little hasty on that one, my friends. I, um,
0: I noted that I didn't think that Bennington was the reason we lost that game. I think that if the team was more competitive, I don't think it was Bennington that was going to stop us that night. But that's – I mean – I'm that, just saying what people kind of were irrelevant. saying.
1: Blues Tater was all about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he got trashed. I mean, Burrow was sniping, like yep. Miko was strong on the puck. Landy got his two hundredth goal, like oh, it yeah. was it was beautiful, dude. Yeah, um, it was. It I was can't was beautiful. even like collect all my thoughts on it. I just fuck, that game was amazing to watch. So cathartic after all this COVID shit yeah I'm still giddy about it, dude. It sucks to have three days with no hockey after that, but you okay. think that would be some momentum though there to get the boys buzzing, but just in terms of that second period I, it was a perfect period of hockey for the abs yeah, um Bennington you know he got knocked out of the game. I guess he could go into the locker room and tweet racist things he like he likes to do or whatever, but uh. <laughs> mm. listen, I'm out here trapping hot fire.
0: <laughs> I foresee yeah, lots I of know. hate coming your way. If people ever hear you speak.
1: Uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm Ryan Lambert. Oh, God. Um, except I'm right about everything I say. <laughs> anyway, back to hockey. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, you're killing it, dude.
0: Yeah. Uh, they got six power play goals throughout the course of the night. Final score was 8 nothing. Six is the most power play goals that the Avalanche have ever scored in a single game.
1: Unfortunately, the sixth one was a mistake. It's five.
0: Was it? Okay. Yeah. So they scored so they five it. and it was a tie. Okay. So yeah. they tied the number of power play goals in a single game in Avalanche history. And we're talking about teams that had Joe Sakic, Peter Forsberg, Milan Hejduk, Hall of Famers, right?
1: Brooks Orpik.
0: <laughs> Avalanche <laughs> legend Brooks Orpik. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, we don't need to even go through the third period that much no, uh, either. No. I feel like, um, what is his name? Huso. It was his first game. Welcome yeah. to the NHL, kid. Yeah. The, fir- the first thing he crushed. sees is McKinnon flying down the middle, and the second thing he sees is Nesem kadri putting the puck in the net off the rebound. He let off McKinnon. So.
0: Yeah, and then the um, third thing is Nathan McKinnon coming back and scoring it himself.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jesus, dude. Absolutely crazy. I don't have anything else to say. People were targeting uh, Nuke for that Bertuzzo hit.
0: Yeah, they um, were not happy with the Bertuzzo hit. I can't imagine why they would take issue with it. But it is what it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you guys have any thoughts on that one? We kind of just rambled on about how good it was. But I know when uh, Devin was watching with me, uh, we were just sitting there like, damn, this is so sick. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was such an enjoyable time, man. Like, I was just sitting there, you know, I was, I was you know, hanging with the boys. And like, every once in a while, we get a goal and like, we'd freak out. It was just a fun time. Whenever uh, we very... almost got a
1: goal, would be like, oh, 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 oh yeah,
3: yeah. That <laughs> we was were drinking; it was fun, bro. Yeah, it was such a good time. Um, yeah, it was. It was uh, much better than last game. Hmm, weird how that works. Uh, orders uh, of
0: magnitude.
3: Yes. Hockey uh, fun when
1: team win. <laughs>
3: oh yeah, yeah. It just seemed like uh, you know, they weren't doing like the same thing over and over again to you know try and get their footing it seemed like they actually knew what they were doing this time that being said i know very little of what they should be doing but they they spruce it up a bit and that seems like good to me
1: generally the idea is to you know play a full 200 foot game put pucks on net play with grit um gotta get that grit (laughs) yeah i mean if they have the puck and they shoot the puck a lot and the puck goes into the back end of that, sometimes they're doing good. And as a newbie, that's all you got to know.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um. So, from a a a personal experience watching the game, uh, it was all good. Uh, and I feel like coming from the first game, I was starting to get a better eye for following the puck and realizing where players should generally be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, if uh, a player is is not covered on, on the opposite team, then there could be uh, some issues there.
1: Yeah. Uh, hockey's definitely a game played, like, by the second, not even. It's yeah. like a millisecond decision type of game. And sometimes a guy, you lose him for five seconds, and, oop, oh, bucks yeah. in.
0: I mean, yeah. not even five seconds. Landy was open for one whole second, and that's all it took for yeah. him to find him. Yeah.
1: Kadri was there for a rebound, and his guy wasn't on him properly. Like, Yeah. Landy was actually open twice. Just perfectly in the front of the net pretty oh, much yeah, alone. I, for, I forgot about the that. Because of Ranton one pass, yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> <what>? has an <laughs> Sorry. I, I said something stupid, Lantanen. Landeskog has uh, an easy job standing in front of the net while he plays with McKinnon and Rantinen.
3: Yeah, for sure. I was uh, I was going to say watching Nathan McKinnon play was very fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Nathan yeah. McKinnon is uh, very fun to watch.
3: Yeah, yeah he's um, just watch on how I pass like three of these guys and they're all just going to chase me. And then I'm going to score.
1: Yep. Yeah. Or like, you know, the vision he has, he just randomly backhands a pass. He's not even looking at the guy he's sending it to. gets it right perfectly on his tape. Like he's (laughs) something else. He has another gear that no other player in the NHL has not a single other player.
0: Metal gear,
1: metal gear, Nathan McKinnon, truly a weapon to surpass metal gear. Um, Yeah, I mean, Connor McDavid doesn't ever look like that. Uh, mm. Or Dreisaitl.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one.
1: I will. <laughs> I'm going
0: I'm to let you fight off the Twitter mob.
1: Hey, all I'm saying is uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl have had two pointless games so far this season, and they've played three, so, you know, <laughs> Twitter can mob these nuts. Uh, Edmonton is minus two for ten on their power play, so.
0: yeah. You almost killed me when uh, you told me that because I was laughing so hard.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) did they hire Ray Bennett, too? (laughs) Uh,
0: So, Dylan, uh, you had to catch the second game a little bit later. I watched it with you. Broke down some stuff a little bit as we were going along. Uh, You already said that it was interesting, interesting seeing the very good end of the spectrum, but did you have any more thoughts about what you witnessed there?
4: Um, I don't think I got enough of a grip on what's going on to really make any commentary other than I enjoyed it. Yeah, Um, It was fun starting to get a feel for who's who get the numbers. I'm still having trouble following the puck, but calling out every time Gerard spins is uh, all I need. Yeah. yeah he spin. he spins <laughs> uh,
0: I, I mean following the puck kind of comes with experience it's something that I kind of subtly picked up as I watched more Right. Uh, because it's, it's not it's... just following the puck as it's moving along it's kind of having an idea of where you think the puck is going to be sometimes that just comes with experience
4: yeah. and it's not something that like I'm I'm worried about not getting I just think I need a little bit more time before I get there
0: yeah
1: yeah the the progression is confusion, um learning how to follow the puck and then learning how to not follow the puck is kind of yeah right the yeah uh... <laughs> yeah it's i I'm struggling with that last part sometimes, but yeah, same yeah, yeah, appreciating what everybody's doing on the ice has given me a whole new like appreciation for just how good they are and what's happened, yeah um like understanding the game with that level and starting to get there has been pretty sweet,
0: yeah, it's uh very fun. I know one thing that I struggled with when I started watching hockey was uh line changes. I don't know if that affected you, Jake, or if it's affecting the two of you now.
4: I haven't even noticed, honestly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted like, Matt Duchene like...
1: to always be on the ice when I first started watching.
0: Uh, yeah, Matt Duchene and McKinnon wanted, I, We wanted them. We wanted nine and twenty-nine all the time. Uh,
1: well, Matt we Duchene just... initially was my like draw. Yeah. When I started watching, I was like, hell yeah, this guy's tight. McKinnon was really good, but I didn't like notice him as much, I feel like. Yeah, I, um,
0: it did feel like Matt Duchesne had kind of reached the peak of his powers where McKinnon still had another gear to go.
1: Yeah, I don't I feel like I don't feel like Duchesne ever affected the game in the way McKinnon does now. No, never. But, McKinnon is much better um, at his
0: peak than Duchesne.
1: He was. Shit. He was still pretty good, and nine is my favorite number, so... That's the guy I chose to pay attention to when I first started. Smile. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Batty Shade, though.
0: Uh, he just wanted to play Meaningful Hockey, Jake. <laughs> I
1: wanted to play on a cup contender. Uh,
0: yeah, so I think that this is probably a good time to kind of move in to the next couple things that we wanted to talk about in regards to Game 2. So I wanted to break down the three plays that Nathan McKinnon scored on and why it is that Nathan McKinnon just looks so ridiculous and the amount of fear and respect that he commands from the other team and how whenever 29 is on the ice, the game warps around to him. So we already mentioned a little bit on that first goal that Landeskog scored. Nathan McKinnon drives the puck in to the deep in the offensive zone behind the net. Torrey Krug, one of their top defensemen, is on Nathan McKinnon. He kind of gains a little bit of separation from him, and Krug doesn't really know what to do, so Colton Pareko, their other top pair guy, comes in to try to help out. So Nathan McKinnon has two players on him, trying to stop him from doing anything, which means that somebody's open, and that person happens to be Gabe Landeskog, and he just hits him, Right. So people are so scared of what Nathan McKinnon can do when he gets that little bit of separation that they just stop what they're doing and they make bad decisions to just, I mean, enable him to get passes like that.
1: Yeah, I was watching a DNVR video, I think, and I could probably send it around, Um, but they pointed out multiple times that McKinnon has the puck, and you saw all of a sudden see every single guy on the other team looking at him. Yes, (laughs) Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's exactly what you're saying. Like, you can watch it on almost any McKinnon play where he is in a zone. Every single person on the other team is staring at him to the detriment of what they're doing with their own coverage. Yeah. Like, he's insane.
0: And if you're at home and you want to watch this, they have highlights on NHL.com for every single goal that they score in a game. So if you look for that 8 0 Avalanche Blues game, you will be able to see replays of it. I mean, it happened again on the power play, right? He has the puck, he's driving in. At one point, he has. Every single defender on the ice for the blues, they look at him, they go in to like skate towards him, then they realize they're all doing it and one of them kind of trails off. Nathan McKinnon uses this as an opportunity to shoot the puck in a spot where if the goalie doesn't get it, it's in the net. And if he does, a juicy rebound comes out, and that's exactly what happens in Kadri Kadri is there all alone, just ready to just clean it up.
1: She's good at that, right? Yeah. Yeah, he just kind of shows up to put the puck in the net after it bounces off a goalie. Wow, last year in the preliminary playoff rounds against the Blues, with .01 seconds left, like
0: yeah, the latest goal ever scored in uh, playoff history. Yeah, that one. Yeah,
1: he he he's just there to he's just there to clean up, dude. Kadri's awesome. Not in that first game, but in this game, he looked real good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you're at home and you're wondering, like, why would they command so much respect for Nathan McKinnon? Why are they going to take these chances that are obviously blowing up in their face to try to stop Nathan McKinnon when they're just going to leave another man open and they're going to score? Look no further than the goal that Nathan McKinnon scored. Once again, on the power play, uh, the puck kind of comes out of the zone, comes back to Kael McCarr. Kael McCarr sees that Nathan McKinnon is open and in between two people, passes it right on the tape. Nathan McKinnon just takes literally two steps, and he's gone. He's got two people on him. Just, they should be able to do something. But unfortunately, it's Nathan McKinnon they're up against. So he just zooms in past literally everybody, is one-on-one with the goalie, and unfortunately for the goalie, he's a rookie, and uh, has Nathan McKinnon just speeding in on him. So he buries it.
1: I saw some Blues fans flaming him, and at some point I kind of get it, but also your first game is a blowout. Like Your first game is going up against Nathan McKinnon on your first shot. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. Give the guy some slack. He could come in and be fine. Bennington was a fifth string before he randomly won them a cup, so...
0: Yeah. Do uh, you think that Blues fans of all people would uh, understand that some of this stuff takes time with any team? If you think your goalie sucks, give it some time. Let time prove you right. Or hopefully prove <laughs> you wrong.
1: <laughs> you win your cup, let everyone else have a turn. Fucking. <laughs> I.
0: I mean, so yeah, like... We mentioned that Nathan McKinnon is the best player in the league. Some people will tell you it's Connor McDavid. Increasingly I am of the opinion that they are wrong, though I do understand why Connor McDavid is a fun player to watch and very uh skillful. Like, Nathan McKinnon just when he wants something to happen, it just happens. He wills it into existence.
1: I feel like I'd feel this way even if I wasn't an ABS fan. It's really easy to say that with the bias, but I mean, like he just looks insane.
0: <laughs> well, so it's one of those things, right? Where sometimes you just, you have those players. Like, whenever we play the Oilers, I do look out for Connor McDavid. Because he scares me. And, and he, he likes to destroy
1: the Avs, specifically.
0: Yeah. And then, when we're playing against Chicago, I'm never worried about anyone on Chicago except for Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Because if those two people decide that they want to destroy the Avalanche, they can't. They yeah. can just decide that they are going to win the game sometimes. And
1: well, not when, not when Varley was on the team, but
0: <laughs> fair enough. Not when Varley was on the team, but sometimes they just like, you know what? We're down three goals and we want to beat the avalanche. So mm, sucks
1: to suck. Yeah. I don't know. McKinnon's sick. Um, and he's decent defensively, especially in the playoffs last year, he really turned that up. Um, I think he needs to like work on face-offs and that's the thing I'd criticize. Yeah. But that's
0: the only thing that he's kind of, uh, short on, uh, before he was kind of not great in the defensive zone, but he's really picked that up over the years. That defensive responsibility and just playing hard against people in his zone, right?
1: Dude, we're playing Tummy Sticks with Nathan McKinnon right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so Dylan and Devin, I mean, you guys have talked about how good he is. I don't know if you have anything else to add to this. We're kind of just sitting here like going to town on him, but <laughs> he's so good.
4: Uh, it seems pretty Obvious to me. I mean, it, even without the bias, you see how the other team like swarms him. It's not yeah. just us sucking his dick. It's everybody going, "Oh no!" As soon as he's anywhere on the field, on the field, <laughs> yeah, <in> the field. <laughs> Eat, fuck, I. You know, whatever.
1: I like it. I like it. No, it's fine. Why is the grass
3: white? Um, <laughs> no, is the what he means by field is just an area, the right? Game zone yeah yeah the game the zone. game zone Field of hockey
1: play. game zone game dot zone that's a bit of our podcast name the hockey game zone <laughs> we still have
0: time it's, it's never
4: too late <laughs>
0: um yeah so i mean i guess moving into the next uh the next segment we we're planning on talking a little bit about what the abs need to do going forward to be successful and yeah. uh specifically the Kings matchup, I guess. Uh, like you said, that. Exactly what you did on Friday. You need to do that to hope, every team you play against.
1: Hope the Kings try and do more drop passes in overtime, even if they, if, if they even get to overtime. But yeah. like, ugh. So, notable... You like the Kings more than I do. Is there something you're actually worried about with them, or is it?
0: Uh, if there's anything that I am worried about, they are a proud organization. I wouldn't say that it's exactly the same as the Avs whenever they have a bad game and how they're just like, you know what, screw that, we are better than that, we're going to dominate, right? But moment to moment, I, I could have this a little bit wrong, because I, I watch the Kings in a different way than I do the Avalanche. But moment to moment, it feels to me like they are a hard, heavy-hitting team with their veterans, and their newer players are really trying to find their niche as far as like what kind of skills they have or if they are the same kind of like power forward type of people that some of the better players on the kings are
1: no wgc players are on their team this year right they sent them all down
0: no no they uh i think they're all playing with uh ontario their ahl affiliate okay so I mean, they don't have any brand new rookies on the team right now. I think they want to see how they do down at that uh, step down. So I don't think we will be seeing any of Byfield or Turcott during our next little uh, series against them. But uh,
1: Everybody was talking about how we should have taken Turcott, but I'm feeling like maybe we made the right choice in skipping over him.
0: With uh, Byron? Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think I'm there with you.
1: Uh, AJ from TNVR was saying he really wanted to t- us to take Doc. And that it sucked he didn't follow us.
0: Yeah. I mean Kirby Doc um, was pretty good. Uh minus the hand injury he's got now, I suppose.
1: Yeah, his wrist was snapped in a Z formation. That shit's bad. Um, I don't know. Like I can't. I watched the Ducks just give it up to Vegas. Um that uh, was the Yotes. Watch the Kai.
0: Chi- Unless you're Did they play the Ducks? No, a couple days ago. Oh gotcha. A couple days ago. I bet.
1: Um I watched the Yotes get trashed like. I don't know. I'm interested to see how this shakes out. I talked mad shit at the beginning of the pod, but I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm not worried about anything. I, I want to see a lot more games like this, or at least close to this.
0: Well, so for me, I think the, the big thing is that last year, the Avalanche were 19% on the power play, yeah. which is not good. Uh, that
1: stat's gotten padded after that game. <laughs>
0: they're, uh, they're at 54% after that last game, which seems low to me. But I guess that's because they added that extra one. Uh and my memory was like, wait, I thought that we had a whole bunch of But yeah, no. It's at fifty-four percent. It's not going to stay there. The average power play score is about thirty percent of the time. Maybe like twenty seven, something like that.
1: I was gonna say, I think thirty is like top end.
0: Yeah, I could I could be wrong. Uh but yeah, I mean, mid twenties is about where you want to be ideally if you're the avalanche you want it to be 30s like those early 30s it's not going to say at 54 ex- that's unreasonable
1: i will be disappointed if we don't score six power play goals every game that's all i'm saying
0: oh well prepare <laughs> for the disappointment team up? i mean is this Blow- the old 1617 avalanche fan in you trying to <laughs> look for those
1: oh man
0: um yeah that's not going to happen uh, the penalty kill is at 100% right now. Uh, that's definitely not going to stay there. Uh, so special teams are looking really good for the Avalanche. And I think that 5-on-5, uh, five five, they should be a team that is really good. Probably favored in mo- most matchups in this division. But I think that if they can really stand out on the power play and the penalty kill, I think that they are giving themselves ample opportunity to succeed. Yeah. The Kings have players like Kopitar, Dowdy, and Brown, uh, who have all won two cups with them. They're experienced veteran players. They're big, hard, heavy hitting. And I expect more of kind of a similar situation with them, as we saw with the Blues. I think that for the most part, they're going to try to slow us down.
1: So what are the numbers, Etienne? All right, well, yeah, Tevin and Dylan should look out for. Internet names, very cool. Uh,
0: So Um, Anze Kopitar for the Kings is number 11. Dowdy is eight, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is reminiscent of the number of years he has left on his contract.
1: Yeah, he's at 11 million.
0: At 11 million a year. uh, uh, I can tell you not a lot of Kings fans are happy about that. Dustin Brown, number 23, he's kind of getting up there in age right now, but he has been a captain on this team before, before they gave it to Kopitar. He's just a big, uh, gritty power forward. He likes to get dirty up in front of the net. He does what needs to be done. He's a good team player. So look out for 11, look out for 23. Um, Andreas Afanasi is a new pickup that they have this year. He has been in on a lot of their chances. I think he's looking to prove himself because he got let go from Detroit, where he had kind of fallen out of favor. I think he's looking to earn bigger contracts going forward. He's on their second line, number 22. And, uh, I mean, theoretically, I guess you're supposed to look out for Drew Doughty, number 8, like I said. But, I mean, I haven't seen it. I I don't. Yeah. I think that Drew Doughty needs to give me a reason at this point. I don't think that reputation is enough for me.
1: I think you could look out for him if you have circus music playing in the background. Uh, but otherwise.
0: <laughs> um, but aside from that, they're a young rebuilding team. I mentioned that a lot of the teams in this division are looking to build the future. Try to figure out what they have. What they can build around. Stuff like that. Rather than trying to play very intensely for the now. The Kings are one of those teams. So, theoretically... I think that we match up really well against them. Maybe not top to bottom. Uh, I, I do like our top line against their top line. Although Kopitar can uh, really kind of take over games on his own at times.
1: Still? Uh, I mean, probably. I have seen that in a while.
0: Probably. Not in a Nathan McKinnon kind of way, right? Where Nathan McKinnon warps the game around him, right?
1: He's just like 75 years old at this point.
0: He's still rated pretty highly um, on most people's scouting reports, it looks like. So, I mean, I, I already told you, I think that Drew Dowdy is going to need to prove to me that he is somebody to look out for. And that his reputation is enough for me to uh, fear him alone. I still think that Kopitar might be one of those players where you need to watch out for number 11 even if he is kind of getting up there in age, I think he he still has it in him.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, Their goaltending situation, not good. Uh, I mean, Jonathan Quick is obviously a Hall of Fame caliber sort of goalie, but he is one of those players that is old and not playing up to that past version of himself. I've talked to my girlfriend about it quite a lot. She's under the impression that uh, it's injuries, that he has back problems that have really slowed him down as he's aged, uh, I know that she's expressed an interest in seeing him take care of himself, kind of like we were talking about Matt Calvert maybe should take care of himself
1: uh he well, got ten months, so maybe that'll be enough.
0: I mean, hopefully, but I don't know she was uh she was talking to me while we were watching these King's game and games, rather. And she was telling me, like, yeah, he just doesn't look the same as he used to. Because even when me and you were getting into the game, the Kings were a playoff team. And that was largely on the back of Jonathan Quick just being absolutely insane in net, right? But this is five years removed at that point, And it just seems like maybe he doesn't have it in him.
1: Yeah, he's just not looking particularly quick anymore.
0: <laughs> Damn. Very uh, good.
1: Very funny original. Never been said before a joke.
0: Yeah. they uh their backup goalie, I don't know much about him. Uh I feel like it might just be a situation where they are trying to see what he has in him. Uh let me pull up Cal Peterson. Yeah. I I think he's a perfectly serviceable goalie, but I don't think he's anything that moves the needle the needle for me one way or the other.
1: Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Tankin. I think there's a third Hughes brother in the draft this year, so. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, as far as the Kings go, it should be good for the Avalanche. Obviously, like I said before, this is hockey. Weird stuff happens in hockey all the time. And the reality is that this is the best league in the world. You are playing against some really good hockey players on the other side. So it's not a slam dunk. It's not a foregone conclusion. We thought that they were probably going to look very good against the Blues. Turns out we were right in game two, but we were wrong in game one, right?
1: Yeah, I think we're going to 10 the Kings twice in a row and move on. <laughs> they suck. <laughs> Just like we should move on. I hate the Kings. I don't want to talk about them. Okay.
0: <laughs> so for this final bit before we, uh, before we leave you guys, let's kind of check in with all of us. And uh, what moments and players from the week, from around the league, stood out to us? So let's start with uh, Jake. Who stood out to you? Or what?
1: Um, Taves is the best. I already said it. Taves is the best. I know you said around the league, but Taves is the best. rest of the league sucks. Um, The Avs are coming for the cup. (laughs) Get owned. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, around the league, Goudreau still looks like we ruined his career. In the playoffs a couple of years ago. Uh,
0: he did really good tonight.
1: Did he? Yeah, he Got put ran. up like
0: four points or something.
1: Three yeah, or maybe four they points. took him in for repairs finally. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Chara's been looking rough. Ovi just rips through people still.
0: Ovi's unreal. That man will never die. He's going to yaw right up.
1: I know. I was watching that Caps game and they said Ponic at the disco when Wretched Ponick had the, had the puck and I turned mm. that game off after that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as far as the abs are concerned, I like Taves. McKinnon looks great, obviously, whatever. We all know that. But around the league, things are looking kind of weird still.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's that weird schedule time. Uh, So, Dylan, what stood Um, out to you this week?
4: I think, uh, it's like, I don't really know. I don't have a baseline for stuff to stand out on. So, really, it's just McKinnon going fast and... Gerard spinning is, <laughs> you
1: know, yeah. The, the stuff that I enjoyed the most to focus on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't expect you to get super deep on it, but I mean, we appreciate and, hearing I'm, from you.
1: I
4: mean, I know that I say I like him spinning because, haha, but also he does some pretty sick shit when he spins, yeah, Juking people, and I think it's uh, worth uh, talking about.
1: Yeah, I think he has the highest RPM of any player in the league. <laughs> uh very cool
0: and uh still with you dylan for just a second after we finished the last uh episode of the podcast you mentioned that you might have a favorite new player
1: has that changed yeah. do you have a different one or are you still sticking with that
4: i'm still sticking with byram um before we did the podcast we watched the finals that was the junior series yeah the world, world juniors. juniors yeah 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 and uh it was a bunch of abs and... What were the other prospects? Where's it, where it mixed on the USA team? Oh, so
0: it was Canada versus US, and uh, there were one or two Avalanche prospects on Team USA, uh, and I think there were a couple Kings guys on Team USA. Yeah,
4: that's the other team. I remember there yeah. were like, Avs, Kings, and I didn't remember anyone else being mentioned. Yeah. Red uh, Wings
1: were another big presence, but I don't think on either of those teams. I think it was SOMO. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, whatever. Irrelevant. Element. Yeah. Fuck the Red Wings.
4: Um... But watching Byron was cool, and I think having someone who's very promising, who's new coming into the National League, and me trying to get into it, I think I have a soft spot. So uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye out for when Byron hits the ice. Sounds good. Uh,
1: Devin? Yeah, he's awesome.
0: Yeah, uh, I hope that he lives up to his potential. I know that we're kind of hyping him, probably overhyping him. And I know that uh, coming off of Kill McCar, maybe those are some big shoes to fill. But I, I hope he does well.
1: Okay, my expectations this season, are that he has a couple of really good games. Maybe I mean he could play six games. He could play fifty-six. Like I mean, not anymore because there's not fifty-six games left. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't think he comes in and just shreds like McCar did, but I think he'll be good.
0: I would definitely be be open to that. But there's just lots of parallels between the two. You know, fourth overall defenseman good in juniors shit like that so yeah uh and finally devin did you have a player or a moment that stood out to you sorry not finally i'm going after you but devin you go first
3: (laughs) uh well um i mean i like gerard he's very cool (laughs) i just i i love on just how much he says fuck you uh this puck is going this way now and you're not going to stop me.
1: <laughs> Gn to your ankles. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. I I uh I just love on on how much he just uh he just takes it away from you. It's just mine now. That's this is it. <laughs> it's over. You thought you're you dying. had a chance and this is mine.
1: <laughs> the guy comes in to hit him, and he's like, "Call the ambulance, but not for me." And then spins away. Exactly, exactly. Yeah.
3: Uh. the The tornado boy is pretty cool. Um, I like I like that a lot. Um, and of course, you know, we we talk about Nathan McKinnon. He's very, very, very fun to watch. Um, and I feel like I just need to to watch more before i can say anything about anybody else uh
1: the thing with a player like taves is that learning how to appreciate good defense is the last thing you'll learn yeah honestly um you know we've said it before but the mark of a good defenseman is that you don't notice he's there um taves has the benefit of being able to pass the puck like 900 feet perfectly on, accurately but
0: and uh score 100 percent of the time he shoots
1: <laughs> but he is uh he's good I don't know. The explosive players are the ones you guys mentioned and for good fucking reason. I think you know, we've yet to see like Kale's real potential. But
0: Yeah. I think he came out slow, to be honest. And I think we have uh more Kale to uh to look forward to.
1: Game two Kale had like two breakaway, like to the net fucking almost alone, even though the whole team was there situations and almost got it in. Yeah. Bennington had a good five hole coverage, but Yeah. We'll see him. He'll he'll kill it. Quinn Hughes isn't looking so hot either. So,
0: <laughs> oh, I guess I should. Uh, I guess I should do that rant since I promised it last time. Uh, on, for me, the player that stood out to me this week is Jacob Voracek of the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> uh, not for anything he did on the ice, but for his heroism off the ice. <laughs> so you guys may or may not be aware of this, but uh, Philadelphia media can be very tough on all of their sports players. Uh, It's a rough city. They boot Santa Claus. They beat up that hitchhiking robot. They have Gritty as some sort of archon god of their entire city. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fucking rough place, right? So a lot of their media is really tough on their players, and Jacob Voracek had it with one particular writer during their Q&A session that they had. Uh, the guy asks him a question, he just says, hey, does it feel any different, this being a season that is impacted by COVID with all the division realignments, you know, how are you feeling? My boy Voracek just looks at him and says, it doesn't matter what I say, you're gonna write bullshit anyways. Goes off to answer the question a little bit and says, you know what, I wasn't even gonna answer your question because you were such a fucking weasel. Damn. I'm not one of those people that hates on the media to the extent that some people do. Where it's like, let's beat up journalists because it's fun or anything stupid like that. But I think that if uh, somebody with a reputation like that guy apparently has is talking some bullshit, you should call him out. And I think what Jacob Voracek did was the right thing. And it brought a smile to my face, and I hope it brought a smile to many other people's faces.
1: I laughed at it. That guy's been on the wrong end of a lot of controversial hockey moments. So, Yeah. Yeah, the reporter that he he burned has been apparently not super cool. I've seen some articles in recent days after all that happened, and that guy sucks. So, yeah, you know, you're a fucking weasel. (laughs) (laughs) I did want to just jump back real quick and give a shout-out to Jordan Bennington for being trash so we could have a really fun game to watch. Oh. Uh, (laughs) That stood out to me.
0: That's rough.
1: Come
0: on now. Uh, All right. So I guess uh, real quick, I'll go a little bit of a Vancouver rant. Vancouver fans, your team is awesome. You've got, hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got Pedersen. You've got Besser. You have Hughes. He's good. We know he's good, right? You should be a team that I should be able to root for. Lots of young players. You guys are skewing a little bit more speed and skill. Over the heavy stuff. You can already tell I like that stuff in my avalanche. But goddamn Vancouver. Being all over our case all last year. Anytime Kel McCarr was mentioned. What about Quinn Hughes? What about Hughesy Boy? When are you going to give Hughes his dues? Come on. You can't expect me to want any sort of success for your team when you're just all over it all the time. Let's Even be so. friends. What is this bullshit? What are you doing? I want to like your team, but I can't <laughs> because it's so annoying.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, my fucking like, God. Pedersen's already better than McKinnon As a take I saw the other day and I was like, okay.
0: <sighs> Come on. It's possible for your team to be good and our team to be good. Has that ever crossed your mind?
1: It's possible for K.O. McCarr and Quinn Hughes to both be really good, well-appreciated players. Yes! K.O. McCarr just derved, deserved the Caldermore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, there's some bias for that, but I agree with it, right? But I'm not going to sit here and I'm going to be like, oh, Quinn Hughes is the worst player I've ever seen put on the skates or anything like that, because it would be wrong. I also can't root for the motherfucker anymore because you guys are over here in my case all the time.
1: Ben Hughes reminds me of end, his, uh, end of his career Ryan Whitney, <laughs> <laughs>
0: running into his own goalie and stuff. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> okay, but for real, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's fine. I'm gonna sing the praises of my players to the, you know, to the moon and back. I don't know. I don't think Byron has probably has a chance for the Calder with. Sutzel the yeah in the league this year, but yeah. you know, that's okay. We yeah. got our Calder McCarr, where I have my eyes set on the heart for McKinnon this year anyway, so.
0: Yeah. So, to all the Vancouver fans out there, let's bury the hatchet, right? Make me like your team again.
1: I want to like Huggy Bear, or whatever his nickname is.
0: Oh, yeah, Huggy Bear. <laughs> Quinn uses Huggy Bear. I forgot about that. How can you make me <laughs> not like Huggy Bear? Come on! <laughs> God damn. Okay. So, anyways, once again, Dylan and Devin, they don't have social media. They have nothing to plug. But you can find me and Jake on Twitter. Jake, where can they find you?
1: Um, You can find me on Twitter at, at animeasleaders.
0: And if you want to find me, I am at Kumodere, that is K U M O D E R E, on Twitter. Uh, we're probably going to be looking to get a show Twitter going soon now that we have. All of this f- naming stuff figured out. Uh, if we have it up by the time this goes up, I will put it in the show notes for you to follow us there as well. Uh, that will likely be exclusively for show stuff. So if you don't want any of the BS anime politic BS, uh, follow that one and not us personally. So until next time, uh, Grit cast out. See you later.
1: Oh, bio.